what really gets my dick hard is Welcome to Melvier Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And we're episode number 46. We're 46 years old. 46 years old. Happy birthday, In man. podcast years. Yeah, in podcast years. It's Happy like birthday. dog years. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, first of all, great news. We are together. We're together at last. Yes. Uh, and I mean, I guess we're kind of together. We're both married, but we're together. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a capital T, together. Yeah, together. Uh, I'm back in Nashville. Welcome home. Thank you. Uh, I'm only home for a couple of days, but my next trip is only five days long, and then I'm home for good. What are we going to do with all this time together? More episodes. Oh, there we go. All the episodes we can cram into this. We're going to frolic through the Metallica fields together. <laughs> in, of course, in the <laughs> it's nude. A, it's of course. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> God, we, well, need, we need definitely a slow-mo video of that. For those, for those of you tuning in for the first time, uh, we're an all-Metallica podcast. We, we do, we, we're two fans united in our love of not only Metallica, but music in general. And we got together almost a year ago. We're coming up on a whole year. And uh, what? all we do really is talk about Metallica. So if you're coming in for the first time for whatever reason, maybe, maybe you saw us on the forums, maybe you saw us on Reddit, maybe your good friend James Hetfield told you about the show. Well, in that case, tell your good friend James Hetfield to <laughs> check to out the show, the show. Yeah. and email us, James. No, if, you, if, you, if you're listening for the first time, we really uh, appreciate you checking us out. And however you found us, thank you for stumbling upon Melt Your Podcast. And, you know, this is something that we've uh, v- been very passionate about, you know, like Clint said, almost a year. Um, yeah, we just talk about Metallica. We're just Metallica nerds like yourselves. And speaking of that, we're doing this really cool thing where we're doing a giveaway. If you've not heard the metal, uh, the Master of Puppets box set, deluxe box sets coming out. It's coming out actually in about two weeks. Yeah, very soon. And uh, we have purchased one through the generous donations of our patrons, and we are giving it away at the end of the month of November. The only way, the only thing you have to do to make yourself eligible for that is leave us a positive review on iTunes. Yeah. And uh, we're going to do a drawing at the end of the month. And whoever wins, we're going to send you that box set. A box set, by the way, that neither Ethan nor myself own ourselves. Oh, no, we don't. No, it's it's expensive. It's it's not cheap. And uh, we have, you know, mouths to feed and bills to pay. And and one day we will own it. But right now we don't. I actually, so per our last episode, we were talking about seeing f- foreign countries, iTunes reviews. I actually found the... Did you find the thing I, I was talking the about? the clicky thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> the clicky thing. The clicky like, the internet thing. just <laughs> happens like a year ago. I found the clicky thing, where, and I, I, like, we have like a shit ton of reviews in Canada and Europe that yeah, I yeah. never saw. Oh, the Canadians love us. So yeah. thank you to all of you who love those reviews. You, have now long, you will no longer go unnoticed <laughs> or uncounted. You've been added to the master list. Yeah. So this is a worldwide contest, and we're going to be doing this every month from now on. Where we're gonna, oh, yeah. we, we've been brainstorming. We're gonna give away box sets. We're gonna give away some Kirk Hammett pedals. Yep. We've got a shit ton of cool T-shirts that our friend Tiffany sent us. Uh, and- Tiffany, uh, I did, we mentioned this in the last episode, but I just got home from tour this morning to a box in my house. I opened it thinking, "What's oh, in the box? What's in the box?" <laughs> 
Uh, I thought, oh, she sent us a shirt or two. She sent us 10 t-shirts. 10 unique uh, fifth member, like, Met Club shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff you can't get, like, in the pop-up stores, at the shows. Really cool shit. And I think the newest thing that was sent was, like, 2008, 09, maybe? They're all really unique and really cool. I did snag the St. Anger one. You did, yes. I, I sort of had to. You deserve it. So we're going to be giving those away, and... Uh, we're, we're, we're actually doing a patron-specific contest in December, and we'll, we'll let you all know more about that. We don't want to bore you too much with it. Speaking of patrons, tell them what the patron thing is. Oh, the patron thing is? Okay. The patron thing is this. If you want to financially give back to the show, show your support. Uh, what it does is uh, it, it allows Clint and I to print merch, uh, patches, t-shirts, stickers, pics, things like that. Uh, but most importantly, on Patreon, Clint and I, have we, as we've talked about forever, are doing a six-song Metallica cover EP. And if you're a patron who donates $5 or more, guess what? You get that EP. And if you don- donate only $1, you get an MP3 of our version of The Unnamed Feeling. Correct. Plus a shout on the show. We got two new patrons this week. Who are they? Um, we did not talk about this beforehand. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that it's fallen on me to say these names <laughs> because I'm not going to say them right. We mean no disrespect, but our okay. Our two new patrons are Sanjit Ang, and that's a tough one. Ujwal <laughs> Panday, who I'm guessing are from New Jersey. Oh, the, clearly, yeah. <laughs> if I said you, your dudes are dudeds, dudesses, dudettes, dudettes, dudettes. Okay. I'm retarded. Apparently, two J's in a name. That's crazy. Well, they they do things differently. Maybe in New uh, send us a message on patron, uh, patron or uh, Patreon, or email us and on how to phonetically pronounce your name because I am curious. Well, and here's the deal: I know I didn't say your name right, and I apologize, but I'm super duper honored and thankful that you guys decided to be a patron of the show. Yeah, thank you very much. So, thank you guys. Um, the 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 patron contest we're going to do in December. Here's the deal: the 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 um, iTunes review contest. There's like maybe there's we have like 160 or so reviews. So we're going to do a contest where we draw maybe five winners with varying degrees of prizes. Yeah. The patron contest we're doing December, however, there's only about 50 patrons. So your chances of winning right. that are a lot higher. So oh, yeah. go check out that. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the news because yeah, one of the news. most exciting things happened this weekend. Well, first of all, been... we, we don't often talk about news and I'm glad we're talking about it because Metallica is currently on tour in the UK and right. Europe and it's exciting shit. We might mention it here and there, but this week... But probably the most anticipated thing has happened in a long time, right? Spit out the motherfucking we bone. We got spit out the bone. They debuted it in London. Yeah. And they've played it three shows in a row. Yeah. They did it both nights in London and in Glasgow. And right. probably in Manchester tonight, I think, right? As this episode is out, they've already played it, but... Uh, they played it in Manchester, and they'll probably play it in so, Birmingham. So, uh, well, did they do it in on the second show in London? It was the second show of London. Okay, so three times. Second they show in London, Glasgow, Glasgow, and Manchester. And then Manchester, that's right. Fucking A, man. We've been talking about this for a while because yeah. there's been tuning room footage of them doing it and uh, just, you know, hacking it out and stuff. I'll say that. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to have to talk about this. All, all the we fans are curious about this. Okay. Um, we've been getting t- tweeted at about it. Oh, yeah. Instagrammed at. <laughs> Instagrammed at. Uh, and I've been getting Facebooked at. Here's the deal. It's it's badass. It's the song we've been waiting for mm-hmm. and it delivers. They are using the intro. They're doing an intro tape. Yeah, which we love. I'm fine with intro tapes. And some some fans are saying, well, it's because Lars can't do that snare intro. I don't know. I, yeah, I, yeah, he can probably. He can do, uh, the, you know, the outro to one, that Yeah, I don't think they're doing the intro tape to sort of get out of anything. I think they're doing the intro tape because they put it in the, in the, what has henceforth to have not 
Ness Ben become <laughs> the sort of thrash lab, blackened battery fight fire. Yeah, all well, it's also the first takes. song of their encore too. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. that slot where right. they they've been. All those songs have intros. Well, the, what the intro tape to me does is build anticipation. It generates excitement. When they for do sure. ba- when we saw them, they did battery. Right, and it was like you hear that, and you're like, oh my god. Well, here it when comes. we saw them with Moke, they did blackened. Oh fuck, you're right. Sorry, my memory is. They did battery right when now. I saw them in St. Louis. What did they do yeah. in Philly? In Philly, they did battery. Okay, cool. So you yeah, got battery. I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But but I think it builds anticipation. It's like you hear that intro and you're like, oh my god, like it's coming, it's coming. And, you know, you're like you're just waiting for it. And then and with something like spit out the bone because it's brand new live debut, you don't know at what point they're coming totally. in. Totally. You know, um, and it dude, it fucking rips, man. I think so. And to me, the to me the the the, the most fun rip is the da 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 da, and they yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. You get the four count. You know. Um, the other thing that we have to talk about, the controversial thing about Spit Out the Bone, is that our our homie, Rob Trujillo, is singing, unfortunately, probably one of my favorite moments on yeah, all of Hardwired. Me too, Is yeah. that, that half of the verse that is so killer. I'm not... I, not, I know we agree on this, because we, we, we texted about it a bunch this week while I was gone. The whole trading verse uh, line things in, in this song, like... <sighs> I know that Hetfield could pull it off. He could. For sure. No doubt. I mean, he sings battery fine every night. He, he sings that now, it's just your life. He's fine. Yeah, he has been singing those songs for a lot longer. I know that. But I just wonder what the decision was. Like, was Hetfield like, uh, maybe it'd be cool if we did this? I just don't think Rob has the voice. Now, he's not singing it poorly. Like, his his notes are there. I think he's definitely doing it the best he can. I'll say yes. that. Yes, I, I I just would I, I think you know you and I both would prefer if Hetfield just covered both of those lines Weeding each time. Your fragile skin. I mean, I guess after that line, there is a bit of a breath you have to take to go in the next part. But remove your heart. I mean, yeah, but you know what I wonder. Remove because, your heart. <gasps> it's only for beat in. <gasps> There's breaths right there. You can yeah, do it. and they they are playing it a bit faster than the record. Yeah, I mean, which, which is insane because it's so fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, here here's my theory, and this is a positive theory. You know, the theories are that James can't do it or blah, blah, blah. My theory is that this is Robert's favorite song from Hardwired. Yeah. And the, the, even if you go back into the, the sort of promo interviews they did with the band at HQ, Rob even says, he's like, you know what? My favorite song is Spit Out the Bone. Yeah. And if you have been diligently and without a life like me, been watching all the tuning rooms <laughs> from when the World Wired Tour started, it was always Rob in the tuning room saying, let's try Spit Out the Bone. Let's do it from the beginning. Let's do it yeah. again. Let's do it again. Yeah. So I wonder if it's even a thing where Rob requested to sing those lines because he lo- he's such a champion of that song. I think either that or Hetfield knew he loved that song so much. He was he suggested it. He spit out the bone and threw it to him. He, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. He threw him it. a spit out the bone. He threw him a spit out the bone. Well, I'll say this. I'm not going to be one of these fans that fucking begged and begged and begged for it only to just criticize it when it finally happens. Of course I'm not. I'm super no. fucking stoked. And of I will course. say the, the, the mixed Met version that they put out yeah. does sound better than the audience recordings I it saw. It does, yeah. Yeah, you and I both w- like immediately went to YouTube and started looking up you know, fan And it was footage. pretty, it was kind of rough from the uh, the old iPhone. Well, a lot of times, you know, like any show you look up on YouTube but someone films with their iPhone, it's like, it's shaky and someone, you're excited, you're watching a show, you can't stand still and hold your phone up. 
you're sitting there, you know, it's, it's shaky footage and the audio gets weird. You're filming your friends like, oh my God, they're playing the song. You know, um, so when they did the official Met Club mix, it right. sounded way better. And I, I haven't yet heard or seen the versions from Scotland or from uh, Manchester yet, but... I watched the, Scotland. It sounds great. The fact that they're doing it three nights in a row, they're not even rotating that slot... I leads think me to believe that they're excited about it and it's only going to get better. Yes. And it might even become a staple. Agreed. Moth uh, is already a staple. Yes, of they'll, course. They'll be playing yeah. Moth 10 years from now. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, maybe even Atlas. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if Hardwired, the song, will live long after this tour. Hmm. Uh, man, I mean, it's it's been the opener for the whole tour. Yeah. It, it could be. I mean, it, it is... It's getting up there in in that in that slot in that opening slot of a battery you know of but you know that was just your life was the opener for the whole world magnetic yeah. tour and they don't ever play that anymore yeah true you know the ones that lived from the only well they're playing the day that never comes yeah they just start playing that again yeah dude over in the fucking in europe they're playing confusion dream no more they, they uh, a cover slot they're I doing mean, leper messiah they're doing a cover slot they're playing damage inc <sighs> it's a great we tour should, over we, there. we should have flown there well, they're going to come to the U.S. and do all these tunes. Maybe I, even yeah, more. I, think, I mean, if the next tour in the U.S. is an in-the-round arena tour, I think we're in for a treat, and they're going to keep doing that kind of stuff. And I would say, lastly, to wrap up this kind of the exciting stuff that's happening over there is our friend Tom Kui over at Alpha Metallica, yeah. which is a, another Metallica podcast you guys should check out. He's a friend of ours. Ethan and I have both been guests on his show. Tom will be a guest on our show in the future. Uh, I think Birmingham, which was tonight, is his first Metallica show first first show wow so good for him amazing what a good time to go see him yeah the the last thing i'll say is uh i was featured on a podcast this week yeah you i don't were, even know if you knew this about uh this. no we didn't even talk about this like outside of the podcast we we, we when i saw you you posted it on instagram on our our joint account here right and i was like wait a second what's this and i was like it happened kind uh, of uh, filmmakers drinking bourbon ha- <laughs> what <yeah>. is this <laughs> it happened kind of fast i met this cat i was doing a show uh in ohio and after the show I, I, a friend of our fiddle players uh came to the show and we were having drinks afterwards and he does this podcast called filmmakers drinking bourbon and uh it's these dudes who get together and clinkety clink their glasses and yeah. they're they're all filmmakers obviously for anyone who knows me i'm not a, a filmmaker but i am a cinephile yeah and so we got to talking about horror films and and movies and Brian De Palma and some of our favorite directors. And he invited me to be a guest on the show. I did that. It's out now. Our episode's called Fade to Black. It's their latest episode. We talk about Metallica a lot, which was interesting to talk about Metallica, not on this show. Yeah. Uh, we talked about horror films, talk about movie culture, the benefits and pros and cons of binge watching on, on, on Netflix. We talked about Stranger Things. It was a really great conversation. Awesome. So any of you who are interested in that, go check it out. Yeah, please do. And I think that's all the news. Are we ready to get into some emails? Let's get into some emails. All right, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll start us off. Uh, our first email is from uh, Levi Timson. Great job on the podcast. You could quit now, and I'd be satisfied because all of your shows put together so far add up to a great biography and in-depth look at all of their albums. All right, the- cool. Good night, then. Good night. <laughs> See ya. This is it. We're done. Just kidding. The Metallica family is thankful for your service, Levi Tom- Timson. I almost said Thompson. Uh, well, thanks, Levi. We appreciate it. Well, we're not quitting anytime soon. But that is and nice by that email. we mean like in like two weeks we'll be done. Yeah, yeah, we got about two more weeks. Yeah, I think we we've covered all the records. We're, we're done. <laughs> Thanks, Levi. Deheim says, "Hey guys, finally got through all your episodes, and I'm pretty sad now. I don't have anything new to listen to except once a week. I'll still revisit old episodes a lot for sure. 
Now I'm listening to Metallica's whole discography for New Revelations. Reload went from numbers from seven to eight on my list to probably number four. Whoa. And now I know what you guys love about Fixer. That's the only song I played on repeat, not because I didn't want to listen to the others, but because that was the first time I ever gave it a real chance. I don't know why I didn't love it the first few times I listened to it. Anyway, just got done with Death Magnetic, and I've been dreading the next one. Uh, he says, also, I didn't dread St. Anger at all, to be honest. I used to really like that album, Wish Me Luck. I'm diving into Lulu. God help me. He's willingly diving into Lulu. Well, we're going to have to dive into it soon, too. we got the Lulu episode coming up. Ugh. Yikes. I'm very nervous. Yikes. I was nervous about St. Anger. And that turned out pretty good, right? I thought it turned out good, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got a lot of good feedback on that one. But Lulu, ooh, yikes. yikes. <clears throat> we'll see. All right. Our next email is from our... Who we, I think we dubbed right before the show, our, maybe our number one fan. Yeah, this next email, I think I, we can clearly say, at least at this point, that this is from our number one fan. <clears throat> and who is it, Ethan? This is our good friend, Sarah Sovak. Yay, Sarah. Who we finally got to meet uh, a little while back in Detroit when we did our, our road trip episodes. But uh, Sarah writes in and says, I have, uh, finally have Wi-Fi. By the way, she is in the UK right now. She, I think she went to London, Scotland, and Manchester. Yeah, she's over there committing her life to Metallica. God it's amazing. Damn. She says, if I have Wi-Fi at my hotel and listen to the newest episode, um, I'm so glad to have uh, brighten your day after you got home with gifts. As you heard in the last episode, she sent us a nice card, some patches, and a Hulk Hogan action figure. Um, you are part of the Metallica family, and we try our best to remind each other that it feels good to be alive. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to show my appreciation to you guys uh, for what you give uh, to all of us in general. I'm really, a, uh, I am really a happy person. Um, but as we all do, I, um, I have had some really t- uh, rough days, and listening to you guys has pulled me through. And a little heart emoji, thank you, sir. Uh, cheers from Scotland. Headed to Manchester soon. Three of five shows done so far. The UK tour is mind blowing. Talk soon, Sarah. Very cool. Uh, well, as we just mentioned earlier before the emails, yes, the UK tour is mind-blowing. And speaking of all the statistics on that, our friend Dina Lindemann, who's also a patron of the show, has sent me an updated... She's been taking every set list since the Worldwide Tour started and sort of graphing out and putting on a very interesting, visible chart what they are and are not playing. Right, yeah. And what slots they fall in. And, and uh, she's like an accountant by trade. She's a, she's like a, a numbers nerd. A genius. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say genius, but numbers nerd came out for some, for some reason. <laughs> also known as genius. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be posting that to her socials uh, in the next few days. So thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Always good to hear from Sarah. Uh, our next email is from B.W. Kamen. He said, uh, short and sweet, love the show. It's really reignited my love for this band. Is it possible for you to get the show on the Stitcher? I listen to all my podcasts there except yours. Thanks, Mike Dvorak from New Jersey, Minnesota. Well, we talked about this earlier. Um, Stitcher, I assume. I don't, I don't know if that's an iOS app or just. Um, it's a sewing. It's a sewing app. It, oh, it's a sewing app. He, what, okay. he, what he does is he's he's sewing a, like he's making a quilt out of a thousand Metallica T-shirts, and he's he's looking to listen to our podcast. Got it. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have to do some more research on Stitcher then. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Um, no, Stitcher, uh, I'll have to do some research because I, I don't know if that is an Android well, app. It's, or... it's a sewing app. I, I told you. <laughs> You're right. What did we just call back to app. this joke for the next hour? <laughs> he never get, he or she, sorry, he never gets an answer. No, it's a he. It's, oh, it's Mike. Mike. He uh, Mike could be a girl. Uh, from New Jersey. <laughs> Mikkel. Mike is oh, short Mikkel. for Mikkel. Yeah. Oh, of course. See? My, 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 Mikkel. Yeah, my Mikkel. Um, St- okay, so uh, Stitcher. I, I've never heard of Stitcher. If anyone, it's, li- a, it's a sewing <laughs> app. <laughs> you got to quit saying you've never heard of it because I'm just. I'm never gonna not. You're say gonna that. insert it. Okay. Um, 
It's a sewing. <laughs> it's a sewing app. We'll figure it out. How about this? Um, if you're on the app Stitcher, which I've heard of now, yeah. Um, sewing app. Yeah. If there's a search option, just type in Melbourne Podcast. Now, write into us if that doesn't work, and I will do my research uh, through our hosting service and see how we can get it Mike, on, we're gonna on figure, Stitcher. We're going to get to the bottom of this yeah. mystery. Because I don't know what Stitcher is. It's a sewing app. <laughs> it's a sewing app. <laughs> oh, it's an app you go to when you're sewing a quilt. Out of v- it's a meat-free quilt sewing app. I looked it up, I looked it up on Stitcher. I use this all the time. It's great. We'll figure it out, Mike. We'll, okay. we'll get you. We'll get you worked out. Oh, all right, Mikel. Uh, <laughs> next, <laughs> have another church giggles. Dude, in a while. Mikel is such a good sewer, dude. Mikel's a great. She's a, great. A, a seamster or seamstress? Seamstress. Um, our next email. Um, oh man, Bill. Just just Bill. Let's just say Bill. Bill at gmail dot com. Uh, Bill says, "Hey guys." Also short and sweet. I've seen Metallica in the round and normal stage setup. Uh, which type of staging do you guys prefer seeing Metallica or any performer when you see shows, specifically in arena slash stadium? Sincerely, Bill. Um, I think in the round's the best. In the round is pretty badass. I mean, when we saw Metallica in Detroit, it was obviously a stadium show. They're at one end of the field. We're back by Big Mick. It was still great. Yeah, it was great. But in the round gives almost everybody a yeah, pretty not a good bad perspective. Yeah. not a bad seat in the round. I got to see them in the round in Australia, as I've talked about in previous episodes, and it was pretty fucking awesome um especially like the way metallica does it they switch positions you know like yeah, it's basically the, four four rail four front rails exactly depending and, on where and, you're yeah, at in the show the drum kit rotates uh, all the band members are moving positions it's a, a great thing to see I, I i fortunately got to see the snake pit or see the stadium tour from from two you saw vintage. the snake pit <laughs> i saw it a couple times just looked at it it looked really <laughs> snaky looked real sweet <laughs> Yeah, uh, I got to be in the Snake Pit in St. Louis, and then we watched it, obviously, from, as Ethan just said, from Big Mix Tent yeah. uh, in Detroit. Obviously, being in the Snake Pit was a fucking jam, and I will say it's a bummer. The jammiest. The, it's a bummer of the arena shows that, you know, there's no Snake Pit, but I think there's it's more kinetic, there's more energy, there's, you know, I, I think you feel more part of what's going on, whereas in a stadium, which, you know, we were just by Big Mick, and I still felt a little, a little disconnected, because yeah. I was kind of coming off the snake pit vibes but i can't even imagine being up in the you know triple deck of the stadium we were in you know yeah i mean those screens were so fucking big i I imagine that you know you still feel connected but it is is cool to like look at the screens and also look at like the actual dudes on stage like the human beings that are metallica um yeah i mean i don't know i mean personal preference i guess i mean I, i think if i had to choose i'd say in the round well, and we're very much looking forward to the 2018 Arena Tour in the States. We will be going to multiple shows, and we look oh, forward yeah. to saying hi to a lot of you when we do it. Oh, yeah. And short and sweet, that concludes our goddamn emails. That's it for emails. If you want to email us and have your thing read on the show, you can email us at metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. I'm ready to talk about Garage Days Re-Revisited. Garage Days, the 598 EP. Garage Days Re-Revisited. This is a fucking badass EP. It's five songs. I mean, it's kind of six. Kind of six. Kind of six. got the two Misfit songs at the end. Um, This was something when I, I don't know when you first got this or heard it, but I got this early on, like I've talked about, you know, coming online during um, Justice then bought master or bought master puppets justice black album but around that late 80s early 90s era is when i discovered 
this EP. Right. And I thought like, because I, at the time I didn't know who the misfits were. I didn't know who diamond head was. I didn't know who any Many these... people still don't know who diamond head. True. Yeah. Um, including members of diamond. <laughs> yes. Most members of diamond head don't know they're in diamond head. <laughs> they didn't know they were in diamond head until, yeah. until this EP was released. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, it was one of those things when I heard it, I thought these are Metallica songs. I think a lot of people thought that. Yeah. Like I, I the misfits I, would probably be the highest profile band they covered for this. I would say, yeah, I would say at the time, even now, I mean, I mean, but I, th- covered, I think, but they had covered diamond head though earlier. So I, maybe people were kind of, cause the 84 creeping. Death well, well, I mean the, the original version of kill them all had, am I evil on it? Right. I mean, that, that is a diamond head cover. Right. But even then, I mean, as we all know now, like, let's be honest, Am I Evil is a Metallica song. For sure. Let's just let's um, go ahead and sign the, whatever the legal document that needs yeah, to be signed. I'll yeah. sign it for them. We have a lawyer coming by the studio right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so when I got that first, that, that EP, I thought like, these were extra Metallica songs. This is something I've never heard. There was B-sides from record or something. So when, when, when do you remember when you sort of learned that it wasn't the case? And where, what, how did you feel about that? Were you disappointed or? No, not at all. It, all it made me do was want to like research these bands. Right. But this is also pre-internet when I, you know, discovered the CP. Right. Uh, 20, probably, 2013, 2014. 2015. Yeah. Ago, yeah. <laughs> it was yesterday. <laughs> a couple days ago when you were on tour. Yeah. I just was, uh, I've never heard. Well, I don't know this EP actually at all. I have a cheat sheet right now. Um, no, I mean, this would have been, I'd say, 1990, 91 for me. And uh, a buddy of mine got it and played it for me. He's like, dude, have you heard this Metallica EP? I didn't know what EP was. Right. Well, should it we explain for, what that is? Yeah, uh, It stands for is. Extended Play. Right. So uh, it's, uh, I guess its origins would have been uh, an extension of an album. Of an LP. Yeah. Which is a long player. A long play. Yeah. Long player. Which always confused me as a kind of a kid of the '90s of like it's not an it's not an extended play it's a short you know it's a short record it should be an SP a short play but it, but it it was meant these were always meant to be sort of satellite releases around actual LPs right like Beyond Magnetic exactly is an exactly. extension of Death Magnetic exactly yes. but it rarely kind of works out that way because EPs now in fact most people now because of the climate of the record industry you know they'll release an EP rather than an LP right yeah because it costs half the money to make and you you know. You yep. hopefully get some traction on one or two songs, and you can go tour. Exactly. Yeah. Let's not. I guess let's not do a tangent on the dismal, dismal reality of. We've talked about this current before. music industry. Okay. We talked about this in the Lars episode with Napster. So, um, oh, look it up. Which we will do a whole episode on that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so uh, to me, when I first heard this, I thought, oh, these are Metallica songs, and I think that they have owned these songs and recorded them so well and embraced these songs so much that they have become Metallica songs, like Am I Evil, like The Prince, you know? Well, they di- they did what you really aspire to do when you want to cover something, you make it your own. And they have, yeah. And I think they did, you know, it, it, because I, for me, I, I always knew they were covers, so I, I came online with Black Album and Sandman, yeah. and it wasn't, you know, this was four years later. Right. So it wasn't hard for me to, as soon as I started going back, I was real hip to this. And Jason oh, yeah. was my guy. And so this being Jason Newsett's first record. Yeah. Um, I always knew their covers, but I always, always preferred their versions. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, and this thing wasn't like a, like a minor little release they, they put out. Like it went platinum. Right. Went fucking platinum. Well, let's, let's Five context- songs went platinum. Yeah. Let's contextualize it. I mean, it was, this is in between, this is right off the Justice Tour. Or not Justice Tour. I'm sorry. Puppets. The Master Puppets yeah. Tour. So... You know that that was them on the hot rise. Oh know? yeah, 
highly anticipated. And it's it said we well, let's just do the facts. Let's we got facts. facts. How about some facts? Let's, yeah. <laughs> so all right, recorded July nineteen eighty seven, AM Studios in Santa Monica and also at Conway Studios in LA. Released August twenty first, nineteen eighty seven on Electra Records. So they recorded it in six days. I mean, this shit was recorded and then came out real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little side note, A&M Studios is where my, my first touring band, we mixed our album. Aww. I, I, I didn't actually realize that's where they recorded this until like I was sorting together some facts in the last two days. And I was like, holy shit, my first touring band mixed our record where Metallica did a bit of Was there days. still blood and vomit and bile and semen? Yeah, over Jason was still there, actually. <laughs> Jason yeah. lives there. He, was, he lives there, yeah. That's where he does the Chop House band. Yeah, the Chop there. House band rehearses there, yeah. I do like that that uh, uh, in the credits it says not very produced by Metallica. Yeah, <laughs> and, and this is well, gonna, it's pretty raw. Well, I mean, this is going to be a theme of as as Ethan and I talk about this record, it's going to be a theme of it. It it is a very very raw record, very different than both Puppets and Justice, mm-hmm. which it, it gives it its own really unique voice, but still sounds great. It sounds fucking awesome. We, we have gotten emails from people that, that have said that their favorite production of any Metallica release is this. Well, because it it's so in your face and punchy and to me it sort of dispels the 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 myth you know one of the great metallica myths that the the bass was mixed out of injustice for all as right. a way of hazing jason well this is jason's first actual release His the bass official, is very prominent and the bass is prominent too. and it sounds great and they chose cover songs where the bass is featured like especially in crash course crash course it's the intro right i mean it's 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 crazy one thing i found interesting was that their uk label that that uh put this out and their other stuff uh vertigo they're the ones that suggested recording the ep because they were playing monsters of rock that right. year so they're doing monsters of rock in donnington which yeah. is one of the biggest festivals you can play and it uh, their performance there is legendary right so they wanted to put out some original material to sort of coincide with that performance so they could make money and sell a product, right? Right. And I guess the story is the writing sessions really didn't bear much out except for what did become Blackened. Right, Blackened, So I guess yeah. Hetfield and Jason were hanging out. They sort of stumbled upon that riff that became Blackened, and they thought, that's yep. too good to put on an EP. So that's gone. Yeah. And then James broke his arm skateboarding. Skateboarding, yeah. Which is not super metal. It's, it's I mean, it's kind of metal. I mean, I skate. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't broken my arm. Well, metal, metal, we know this because we're enlightened human beings. Metal's, metal's an attitude. Metal's whatever, but... He had the fucking metal out to while he was skateboarding. Yeah. What it's like, you know, if he was like making, putting a bunch of skateboards in the shape of a pentagram and, and burning, <laughs> burning a goat and summoning the devil and the devil broke his arm, that would have seemed more metal. But so, so James broke his arm. <laughs> Sorry for that dark poetry. <laughs> James oh, broke man. his arm. So they were like, we don't have time to write. Let's just, let's just record some of our favorite songs. Yeah. Which is cool. Well, I mean, uh, throughout their career, they've always made a point um, to tip their hat to all these influences, whether it's the Misfits, Diamond Head, whatever, Leonard right. Skinnerd. Um, you know, we the whole Garage Inc. collection, which we'll cover one day. Um, they make it a point all the time. And, and as we talked about the, new, the current UK Europe set, there, there's a cover slot. Right. They love uh, educating people on what brought them up. For sure. Hey, like, this is what caused us to become Metallica, you should get into it too. This is Diamond Head. You know, this is the Misfits. And I mean, I, I think it's amazing that like in the mid 80s, mid to late 80s, they were putting out an EP going, and essentially saying the same thing. Like, 
oh, you like Kill 'Em All and Ride Lightning and Master Puppets? Check this shit out. This is this. We're going to cover the songs that influenced us that caused us to write those records. Right, and and I think you can hear like we'll do this on our track by track. I think a song like Helpless could have been on Kill 'Em All. Yeah, but I think there's also moments in these songs, especially uh, especially the weight that that don't sound much like them. Yeah. You know, in an interesting way. I think Helpless could have been on Justice. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think so. Maybe if it was recorded cleaner. Because it's so... The the, the production Maybe. value of this record is so just live and, and messy, you know? It is, yeah. In a good way. I mean that in an endearing way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This record just fucking bashes you over the head, yeah, I think. Yeah, for sure. And, it, and it's super fun. All right, so more facts. Uh, it's called Re-Revisited because it's what they called the creeping death single when they did the covers they called that garage days revisited so they called it yeah yeah so this was a continuation of the 80 them doing that in 84 totally and i I remember when i i I got this ep on cd i guess um it said re-revisited and my first thought was like well what was the revisited right i didn't know at the time i didn't have these facts online i could look up you know um but it's pretty cool that i didn't look these up online i I read these in a in a book um i (laughs) called james Jimmy James? I, I called James and said, hey, um, why is it called Re-Revisited, Mr. Hett? James, j- real quick, James. I, <clears throat> I know you're busy. Why is it called Re-Revisited? <laughs> is that Papa? It was kind of like a vegan even meets Papa. It was. Uh, speaking of uh, Papa, I heard I heard recently that Papa's gotten into some poetry. No shit. Yeah. Um, Torben called me and said... Oh, um, really? What did he say? He said, uh, Ethan, uh, I was very curious on a recent episode. Uh, Papa uh, spoke of some lyrics that uh, my son and James uh, agreed upon. And I was hoping you could uh, read something from the Metallica history and uh, transcribe it into poetry. Wow. Well, let's, let's check in on that and see what we got. Yeah, what, what do we have? Tickled to death to have you here in the uh, poetry corner. I do believe I'm gonna be reading from Ride the Lightning by Mr. Jimmy James Hetfield Sr. Jr. Guilty is charged, but damn it, it ain't right. There's someone else controlling me. Death in the air, strapped into your electric chair. This can't be happening to me. Well, who made you God to say, I'll take your life from you? Flash before my eyes, now it's time to die. Burning in my brain, I can feel the flame. Well, wait for the sign to flick the switch of death. It's the beginning of the end. Sweat chilling cold as I watch death unfold. Consciousness, my only friend. My fingers grip with fear, what am I doing here? Well, flash before my eyes, now it's time to die. Burning in my brain, I can feel the flames. Someone help me, oh please, God help me. They're trying to take it all away, but uh, I don't want to die. Someone help me, oh please, God help me. They're trying to take it all away, but uh, like I said, I, I don't want to die. Time moving slow, minutes seem like hours. The final curtain call I see. How true is this? Well, just get it over with. If this is true, I'll let it be. 
wakened by a horrid scream, freed from this frightening dream. Flash before my eyes, now it's time to die. Burning in my brain, I can feel the shame. Thank you for stepping on down into the poetry corner. We'll see you next time. Here Wow. Who knew? Gosh. Thought-provoking. God, so deep. Oh, emotionally stirring. Jeez. Papa. Uh, I mean... Bowel-stirring. Definitely bowel-stirring. I knew that Papa could rebuild a carburetor. I knew that he could... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, go on. (laughs) I I knew that he could, could cook a mean casserole. But man, that... To, to take the lyrics of Sir James Hetfield mm-hmm. the third and mm-hmm. turn them into just into just you know a poetic masterpiece is is mind blowing. <laughs> Let's face it, we got Shakespeare, we got Emily Dickinson, we've got T. S. Eliot, we've got Ezra Pound, Dylan Thomas, Charles Bukowski, and now Papa. Papa, he's yeah. here. He's, he's he's up there with the greats, <laughs> man, there, dude. I don't even read books about poetry and. <laughs> I can agree with you that he's up there. <laughs> he didn't even write the fucking poem, but he sure as hell read it. Well, you know what? I mean, uh, this this coincides very well with his EP. I mean, Metallica has... has... <laughs> you laughed before I even finished. Metallica has made these songs their own. And you know what? Papa took it a step further. He took this and made this poetry his own. He did. He brought a, <laughs> brought a fucking tear Well, thanks, Papa, for thanks, stopping Papa. by. We appreciate it. Uh, so here are some songs that they were going to record for it that didn't make it. Let's hear it. All again, songs I've never, never heard of <laughs> and have not since investigated. Uh, other songs considered for the project ultimately dropped were White Lightning by Parallax. Never heard of it. Signal Fire by Bow Wow. By Bow Wow. That sounds like one of Jason Newstead's early projects. Is that, that's, so it's not Little Bow Wow. No, it's not. Well, it's not even Little Bow Wow. It's not Lil Bow Wow. It's big Bow Wow. Biggie, big, Biggie Smalls Bow Wow. Uh, and then also, I'm No Fool by Gaskin. Nobody's fool, nobody's fool. There you go. Fool, 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 fooling. Uh, are we doing a fool motif here? What are the songs of Fool? Uh, fool on the Hill. Fool on the Hill. What else we got? I More think. fool songs. Come on. Um, uh, I have one on top of my tongue. Uh, Tip of your tongue. Fool on your no, tongue. It's on the top of my tongue. Not oh, th- crap. That's up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we move on until you remember it? What a fool, Billy. Can't I can't hit that falsetto, Michael McDonald. Damn you. Oh, God. What a fool, Billy. Can you do it? No. Do it. No. It's like. <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> It's too high for me. God, who would have ever thought we were professional musicians? All right. Um, the price was included to it, for they were going trying to ensure that people would not overcharge for the record, which is why right. it's called the five ninety eight EP. And they even put a sticker on there with the price that said, "If they try to charge more, steal it." Which I that, that's cool. It's kind of a uh, you know who borrowed from that? Remember that system of a down record that they they put on the record, steal this record? Uh, was that Toxicity? I don't know. Wake up. I don't think you trust self-righteous suicide. <laughs> Angels deserve to die. 
This is karaoke hour with me. It really <laughs> is. Time for a new jingle. Okay. Uh, and then for CD sales, of course, they change it to nine ninety eight because CDs then for EP length style releases. Well, wasn't that in the UK? Bucks. That was in the states. That was in the states. Well, because the five ninety eight they it was for cassette tapes. That's because oh, that's right. No, in, the in, the, in the UK, um, <clears throat> they left off the weight because they were trying to conform to modern industry music standards about the length Society. of the EP. Society, man. Yeah, man. Conform to society. Punk. God damn. Yeah. Fuck the man. Um, Kneel for the pledge. All right. Uh, it's been out of print since 1989. Considered a collector's item. I yeah. think I bet our friend Kent from the forums has like 700 copies of this. Uh, probably, yeah. Do you have a copy of this? I have it on vinyl. Well, so the, so the answer is yes. <laughs> so that's a yes. <laughs> I thought the CDs were a collector's <laughs> item, man. I think it all is. Because uh, them including it as it was like part of disc two of Garage Inc. So that kind of you know yeah I mean I don't know makes what, it a little less that, valuable yeah but for a normal it, but person it, but, but to want to that's down. a whole separate le- release though it's right. like it's like when a band uh, you have the original version on vinyl of whatever band and then ten years later it's like the tenth anniversary and they reissue it right. it's like that makes the original less valuable but I think the original Garage Days is still worth something on cassette and vinyl. And maybe CD. Hopefully, maybe hopefully, not CD. Hopefully it's worth at least $9.98. I hope that my 8-track is worth something. <laughs> the, I do like that. So my, so <clears throat> I did go back and get it. I don't remember how I got it. Like a friend had it. But my first real uh, becoming familiar with the artwork of it was actually from Garage Inc. Because as everyone, yeah. all of our listeners know that I'm a 90s Metallica kid. Sure. On the back of Garage Inc. was the original picture, but the faces Which were replaced. Which was so cool. With, yeah, I thought that I, was great. Oh, it was, a, it was a great throwback to that original release. <clears throat> uh, did you know this supposedly in the liner notes is the first ever credited time that the word hella was used? I don't know if it was the first time it was ever credited ever. It's credited as being used like in mass media that way. It was like a in, Bay Area in mass slang. media. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like I mean, I, I, my wife is from the Bay Area. Like, hella has definitely been a term for a long time. Yeah, I'm hella sure of that. <laughs> but as far as in the media, yeah, it was definitely you, before. No doubts, hella good. Have you hella fact checked that? Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> that was a terrible use of hella, by the way. If you're from the Bay Area, I'm sorry. I'm hella sorry. Fuck. <laughs> You've let so many people down just now. Hella did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're almost done with the facts here. Um, yeah, so the phrase he actually used in the liner notes, which <clears throat> I'm sure many of our listeners have, have seen this, but James wrote, after coming off the Puppets tour in February of 87, we needed a place to jam and end up in a fancy so-called real rehearsal studio. It, quote-unquote, hella sucked. Hella sucked. Well, um, in, in some of these facts, I mean, there's there's uh, accounts of them, you know, they rehearse a lot of these songs in Lars's soundproofed garage. Right. And guess who soundproofed that garage? Fucking Newstead. Jason Newkid. Yeah. Newkid. Which is what how he was credited in the record. Newkid new, new owns the block. <laughs> Lars explained this to me and I said, who is this new kid? Donnie or Jordan? I don't know which one is. He's a bad boy or the cute one. <laughs> Does Torben generally like the bad boys or the or the cutie pies? Uh, he likes the bad boys because he can hover around on his carpet and just hover around them and, and say, hello, uh, are you good or bad? Oh, it's a bad boy. Climb aboard my carpet. <laughs> take you on the magic carpet ride. <laughs> I'll just take you on the magic carpet ride. It's going to be great. Now, before we get into our track by track, I do think that this is a great little mission statement. It's the last thing James wrote in the blurb on the back of the record, and he says... 
don't take it all too seriously because we don't. Which I think is a but great I little mission statement. They do. They, uh, they, I, don't co- know. they. I mean, maybe they didn't take like the 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 photos and the packaging seriously, but I think they took. Yeah, the recording is a little a little mm. rough. It's a little sloppy, Joe. But I think they, they take these songs seriously. They do. For sure. I mean, they well, honored these songs more yeah. than honored them. I mean, I know Emma Evil is on this, but it's Diamond Head. It's like yeah, yeah. they take these bands. No, seriously. they they loved these songs. Yes. And, and I think their love for them comes through. But. I can't, you know, I, I like that he said that because they're coming off of Master of Puppets, which was a real big kind of serious record, very serious. And all of a sudden they put out this thing, and the, I mean the the intro to the whole Garage Days EP is right, like it's you know, and then ready, <clears throat> and then drum intro starts, you know, and, and it's there's a lot of great kind of off the mic screaming and totally it's super we didn't loose, even, man. Uh, we'll talk about some track by track. I was about to bring up something else, but I'm not going to talk about. Let's it Let's get into the track by track. Let's do it. Track by track. All right, uh, helpless. Helpless. Um, I'm gonna go and say it right now. My favorite on this track. Oh, on really? This EP, yeah, my favorite. And I'm saying this as a big Misfits fan. Okay, so that, this think, means it beat out the two Misfits tech. It already did, yeah. It, All right. It took, it took, yeah, two Misfits songs couldn't beat out this one for me. I think their version of Help Us by Diamond Head, by the way, is fucking awesome. And Clint and I, before we uh, recorded this episode, uh, Clint showed up at, at uh, HQ, HQ1, the That's OG. Right. That's right. And uh, we were listening to some of the original versions of this just to kind of, you know, compare and contrast. And man, Metallica just fucking they like we talked about earlier. They make it their own. Well, for sure. And <clears throat> I do think this song could have been on. You said justice. I think the song could have been on Kill 'Em All. That, that was one of my takeaways. It could have too. I, I mean, I think that main riff, that dun 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 dun. Yeah, I can dun, see that. Dun, dun, I, I think that could be on justice. I, I think I maybe meant like just even tonally, not even so much riff wise. And to me, it's like feels like that real okay. out of the gate, in your face. Agreed. Which all all by the way, all the tones are good. I mean, t- I think it sounds better than Kill 'Em All. Yes, this record, of course, yeah, it does. Obviously, yeah. they're in better, you know, they're they're on the other side of puppets. Yeah, so that things things have changed for them a little bit at this point. Slightly, yes. Um, the bass is nice and prominent. There's a nice punk attitude. Yeah, a great thrashy chorus. I think Headfield's vocal, especially on that on that thrashy chorus, uh, and after listening to the original, which th- that guy sounds amazing, but Headfield is like again, he owns the song. He, I think he really shines on the chorus. I do too. Um, I, I think out of all the listening to the original versions, which we did before we started recording, I think the original Diamond Head version probably sounds the best to me of all the original versions. Yeah, it'd be the one I would be more like most likely, other than Misfits. The Misfits kind of don't yeah. count. Yeah, the Misfits were the most known, and they've, they've, they've you know people know who the Misfits are. No one really still knows who Killing Joke is and right. who, who Holocaust is. Yeah, who exactly? Yeah, hella hella Holocaust. Hella who? <laughs> Uh, there's a really fun bass break after the second chorus. I love that. I mean, again, this is Newstead's first. And he's I mean, kinda, this, is, this is his intro to the world of Metallica. And if you think about it this way, so his first real recording was this 59080 AP, Garage yeah. Revisited. And then the first track on Justice was a co-write from him. So he must have been feeling like, you know, 87 to 90, he must have yeah. been feeling pretty damn good about shit. Despite oh, yeah. all his legendary hazing and, and feeling like they were sort of 
toying with him and shit. I wonder what a letdown it was for him to do this EP, have such prominent bass parts, because that's what the original song was, mm-hmm. but in the mix, I mean, it's there. It's You know it's Jason. It's, he has that mean pick tone. To go from this into Justice, where it's like, yeah. mute. And he's talked about that. You know, he he's unfortunately saddled with being asked about the justice controversy of no base f- yeah, forever. Of he will. And one of his responses, he's like, he's like, look, I don't know. You're gonna have to talk to Fleming Rasmussen or talk to the guys who mixed it. Right. All I know is I showed up the same way we did Garage Days, did my bass parts, got out of there. Like whatever they did in the mix has everything to do with me. Right. And he's right. And as we've sort of alluded to in other episodes, you know, we'll be able to see when the Justice box set comes out and see if they make it right. And please, please, please. Yeah, I want to hear it. it. Okay. Uh, what else we got on Helpless? Um, <clears throat> I think I think Hetfield's vocal take on this sounds like his uh, takes on Justice, right? Oh, well, right. Well, I mean, yeah. This is the this is kind of the Hetfield that would soon go on to record all. Sure. I mean, vocals, at, so. at this point, they were already writing, you know, writing songs for Justice, what would become Justice. But I think his performance on Helpless is like it's quintessential and Justice for all. Well, any singer, you know, you you and I know this, and any of you out there who have done singing. Uh. <laughs> You've heard some of it on this very episode. Um, nothing really. So, so you can have natural talent, and which James did have. But yes. as we all know, his singing, especially up until they recorded "Kill 'Em All," was pretty rough. There were even times where he didn't even want to be the lead singer, right? Right. So, you're, what you're hearing, I think, for the first time, really, on this EP, is his confidence from all the touring. Yes, agreed. Master Puppets, their most acclaimed record. All the fucking touring they did, opening for Ozzy, all touring, that stuff. Yeah. You're hearing, you're hearing what's kind of starting to become this confident Hetfield. Yep, I agree. You know, for sure. And and unlike Master of Puppets, this record did not benefit from months and months of scrutiny and overdubs. And this shit is raw. Yeah. So very, we're very. really hearing what came out of the gate. Oh, yeah. I, and I and I think I know that he didn't write these lyrics, but I, I really honed in on these lines of the way he, the emotion of the way he sings it. The the stage is mine, music is my destiny. Cannot squeeze this life out of me. Yeah, cannot squeeze this life out of me. You know, like yeah, it's great. so Hetfield. Like I can Very. see him getting into that. You know? Well, I mean, it, it just goes to show like how influenced these dudes were by these bands. Right. I mean, that passion and the way he sings somebody else's song is coming out like crazy. You know, it's something that you know we keep saying that like they've made it their own. <clears throat> but I mean, we're, what we're hearing is is the early influence of this band before they became Metallica. Right. And right out of the gate on Helpless, it's like you hear this and you're like, fuck, these are the bands that made Metallica. Yeah, it is you know? It is kind of like, oh, I, I oh, I see. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, I get there it. There it is. Especially on Helpless. I would say Helpless might be the most indicative of that. Yeah. great A great Kirk Hammett solo. I mean, from, from 86 to 90, in, in terms of speed, yeah. Kirk was on fire. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think, in my yes. opinion. Um, there's a real loose ending. I, I love the the Lars shit that you hear when he says, "Keep it going, let it ring out." Okay, turn it off. Okay, now. turn it off. I'm done. <laughs> uh, this song has been performed live 64 times. We need to make it 65. Let's make it 65. All right. Come on, dudes. Come on in. Hey guys, we're in the UK. We're in Birmingham. Let's make it 65. But here's the thing: they might do it. They totally might do it. There's they, a slot for there's it. There's a cover slot. God damn it. Do it, uh, James. Uh, we're not recording right now, James. So if you're listening, um, go ahead and do it. James is strictly off record. We just we just yeah. killed the we just killed the recording session. Yeah. Just for between me and you, okay? Off the record. Just just do it. Do it like Nike. Just go for do it. it. Nike swoosh. Go for it. Nike, Nike swoosh. <laughs> I like the whisper. Let's just whisper the rest. 
Let's whisper the rest of the episode. So, All right. So the next track is great. <laughs> the Small Hours. Okay, The Small Hours. <laughs> small Hours by Holocaust. Holocaust, if you don't know, and I sure as hell didn't know, Scottish metal band founded in 1977, and this is weird, the song was actually not on one of their actual studio recordings, it was on their 1983 live record called Hot Curry and Wine. Hot Curry and Wine. <laughs> Just a pretty, it's a both great and awful title, isn't it? I mean, I like curry. I you like, like wine. hot curry and wine? Not Maybe not mixed together, but... Oh, we got you some great hot curry tandoori chicken and some great warm Pinot Noir. I mean, this is also, you know, bands that they're influenced by, you know, the new wave of British heavy metal. So maybe uh, maybe it's about, you know, curry is a big thing in England. Yeah. But I also, some of the best Indian food I've ever had has been in England. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, yeah I think it's in, correct me if I'm wrong, English listeners, I believe it's in Manchester. Uh, there's an area called Curry Row. Or Curry Mile, maybe. If only and, if only Danny Derryberry were here to, to tell us what's up. It wouldn't up. be Curry Mile because it'd be it'd be it, they don't use miles over there. Curry Kilometer. Um, no, I think it's Metric Curry System Curry, Curry Row, uh, and it's like just nothing but Indian restaurants. And wow, I didn't know that. Oh, it's amazing. There's a great creepy clean intro with that flanger, which, by the way, reminds me of for all of our Alice in Chains fans out there. Straight up love hate love. Oh yeah, like those dudes must oh, have yeah. listened to this too. Agreed, for sure. You know what I mean? You know that song "Love Ate Love" from Facelift? Yep, it totally. sounds like that. Yeah, great record. If you're not an Alice Chains fan, by the way, Alice in Chains' first record, Facelift. Check it out. It's got it's the one with "Man in the Box" and "We yeah. Die Young," but the whole record's yeah. great. Oh yeah, Bleed the Freak. Oh, you want to do the whole track listing? Sunshine, Confusion, Confusion. Uh, <laughs> not that one. Oh, wrong one. Not that one. That's a great record. It's a great record. Blue the Freak is great. Blue the Freak's amazing. Yeah. Um, I made a note that this one kind of sounds like it could be on Puppets if it was their own song. Hmm. The main riff is fucking heavy. Yes. Kind of, kind of in the, that vein of the thing that should not be. It's just a yeah, heavy, it's slower like kind riff. Kind of plotting, heavy yes. thing. And you know this? I think this whole EP it has a looseness and a funness to it but but this EP is creepy like there's something creepy about it yeah part of it's sort of the subject matter of the songs but mm-hmm. totally well the, I mean the whole it, intro it is kind of a dark yeah but I mean the whole record though yeah this the whole record is pretty dark especially is. the misfit shit the lyrically that's oh, green yeah. hell is super duper fucked up on oh, the last caress I mean last caress is so yeah what I killed raped a baby. your mother yeah. today I mean it's a great Sunday school song <laughs> Really it didn't matter much to me as long as she spreads. Oh my god, what? <laughs> Again, every song I have to say this, the bass sounds great. The bass is right up front. Yes. And it matches well. The whole... I love Cliff Burton. I do. Like, I love him. Of but, course. But the whole, like, oh, well, he played with his fingers. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about that argument. I don't either. You know what I mean? Like, Well, and, and, and what, Cl- what Cliff did with his fingers... was It's phenomenal. 
Of course. It's, and it, it was very fitting for what they did on those first three records. And 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 there is a difference. Like a pick sounds different than your a lot a lot of different tone and I would maybe even argue sometimes better tone will come through your fingers. Yes. For sure. For sure. But the whole like well, Jason plays with the pick. So he sucks. Robert plays with the thing. Like fuck that. I don't care. I don't care either. Yeah. Because Jason playing with the pick on this record sounds fucking metal and rock and well, roll. Well, I, I think Jason playing with the pick on any Metallica record sounds, sounds fucking great. great. The intro to um, My Friend of Misery. My Friend of Misery. Sorry. I'm blanking for talking about the CP. Uh, it sounds awesome. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, we don't. I don't have to get mad about that anymore. Uh, I think that if this song did have, like, so we got the Love, Hate, Love, Alice kind of right, stuff. Yeah. I think if the song did have harmonies, like kind of those creepy fifth. Alice and Chains always did those kind of low fifths. Oh yeah, it would sound like an Alice song. If if they would have brought in Cantrell to do the harmonies on this one, I think it would. <laughs> when he was a fetus. When he was a fetus, or when he was six. I don't know. He would have been. I mean, when did uh, Faceless come out? Eighty nine. Ninety one. Ninety one. No, ninety. Ninety. It was ninety. Okay. Ninety. So this is only a couple years prior. So he wasn't definitely not a fetus. Oh yeah, this came out in eighty three. So he was definitely a fetus. No, I'm talking about their version of it. No, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Metallica's version. Not the original version. Well, I mean the original. I'm talking about the Metallica one, because they were homies. Yeah, they were homies. Yeah. I wonder when they became homies. Probably in the, I would say, early 90s, if I had to guess. I don't know when they met and became, you know, besties. I need to know this information. Jerry, if you're listening, uh, write us in, show at gmail.com. Oh, he's listening. Oh, yeah. There's that great galloping riff after the second chorus. Oh, that part's great. And changes the pace of the song completely. It does. And which is kind of classic Metallica too. I mean, exactly. Just, those those kind of middle eights that just take again, these big it, left turns. Yeah, and again, it's one of That's those like where they learned it. Yeah, exactly. They're they're showing us how they learned it. They're giving us the fucking math lesson on Metallica. Right. Is it a math it's a math lesson or science? <laughs> Social studies. It's school. What it's just it's, we'll just it's put a, it under the it's banner a school, school lesson. Uh, let's see. And all the off-mic scream. It sounds like they were having fun recording it. I have that note. I like the pinch harmonic solo from Kirk. It yeah. starts with that kind of pinch harmonic. Ding, ding, ding. Um, and another great... I mean, Kirk's great on this whole thing. Yes, he there, is. There's no, nothing that bums me out about Kirk on right, this. Right, me too. Uh, I, I did have a note. The last verse lyric. Time is an illusion rising from time. <laughs> That's not great. <laughs> Uh, I think it's great. I think I think I think Papa should re- re- repeat that line. I think it's a great part. Well, time's an illusion that rises from a uh, time. <laughs> <laughs> the illusion rises from the thing it's an illusion of. Of course it is. Yeah. The snake eats its tail. Of course it does. We're whispering <laughs> now. Performed uh, seven times. Seven times. The okay. last time in two thousand nine. That recent. I mean that's yeah, almost was, ten. Su- it's almost ten years too. ago, but I mean that's that's recent-ish. I, yeah, I would imagine it would have been in like the nineties. Yeah, they did it in two thousand nine. I don't wow. know what the circumstances were. Maybe one of you lucky listeners out there were present. Let us know. Send us that email. Yeah, do it. All right. The, the wait.
The Weight by Killing Joke. British metal band formed in 1978 from their debut self-titled record, Killing Joke. I like when bands have an album or song named after their band. Like Anthrax has a song called Anthrax. Black Sabbath. Iron Maiden. Backstreet Boys. Creed. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. Puddle of Mud. Duran Duran. <laughs> Clint Wells. <laughs> Papa. If you haven't heard the song Clint Wells by Clint Wells. Oh my God, it's a thrasher. It's a fucking barn burner. Okay, uh, another super heavy riff. Yeah, uh, I, again, I, my, what my first note is: the opening <clears throat> opening riff sounds like a Metallica riff. I'm not crazy about. I'm not crazy about the effect on the vocals. I'd like it for the first two lines. Yeah, it's I like think they, from then they should ditch it's it. It's kind of like Eye of the Beholder. Eye of yeah. the Beholder kind of has that flangey. Yeah, and for thing. those who you know what a flanger a, phaser, a phaser is, it's an effect that basically goes. Pink Pink Floyd. <laughs> They actually just sample Ethan doing that new Is microphone that and put it into a guitar pedal. Yeah. That actually is pretty good auditory evidence of what a flanger does sound Thank like. You. It's not great, Thank but, you, but it is good. If you listen to Breathe by Pink Floyd, that warbly... Yeah. Or any drum fill in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a whole section of Life in the Fast Lane where they put everything on a flanger. Yes. The BGVs of the guitar, the yeah. drums. Uh, some really great engineer got credit for that. Yeah. Um, I love the long notes in the chorus, the, the weight. The like way. This, Yeah. That's and it's all great. verbed out and creepy. Love it. Um, the double kick in the choruses, great. Yeah. That kind of great... Sloppy but tight. A little sloppy, but it sounds. But it sounds like Lars. Sounds yes, like Lars. It sounds awesome. It sounds like Buddy Lars. Uh, again, Jason's break sounds great, especially in that breakdown. He shines in the breakdown. Yeah. I think Kirk's solo on the song great. sounds sounds like if you hadn't heard the original song. Uh, to me, it sounds like something he would have written for the yeah, song. I agree. It's very. It's very Kirky. It, it's very Kirky, and but also kind of unlike his tone in those days yeah. it's super verby and delayed yeah this whole song has a bunch of eerie effects on it yeah that kind of adds to the strange mood of it <laughs> Ooh, i'm suddenly in a forest it's got really phasey in, oh, in metal pockets all the lights are blinking jack-o'-lantern in the corner it just came to life weird uh the post solo chugging is super heavy probably the heaviest moment on the ep yeah i think so i, I agree with you <laughs> Uh, performed 24 times again last in 2009 man yeah different shows though okay alright crash course in brain surgery uh, obviously highlight for Jason the intro is fucking him doing the thing Obviously a highlight for Jason. I mean, he, he the intro is fucking him with his harsh pick on the strings. Do, 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 do. So good. It's so great, yeah. We were just listening to the original version right before we started recording, and the original version is interesting because it sounds on the right on the right side like a fuzzed out bass and then sort of a clean bass comes it in could we, we could be a guitar decide. it's weird there's obviously much more low end on the left side when it comes in but the first part could be a guitar or a bass tough to say but the left side is definitely a bass 
It's a cool it, the original is cool if you have The original is really yeah. cool. Originally by how do you say this name? Budgie? I'd say Budgie. Which is a Welsh, Welsh <clears throat> metal band and it's from the album Budgie from 1971. Budgie sounds like uh <clears throat> it's like um like two famous brothers and there's a third brother. It's like Tom Lord Algae and Chris Lord Algae are big uh, mixers in the yeah, music yeah. world. And then there's their other brother, Budgie, Budgie Lord Algae. Yeah. It sounds like your your other brother that didn't quite succeed. Like he had like a really great regal name, like Alexander or something. They were like, right. nah, he's Budgie. Everyone called him Budgie. He, he's Budgie. Oh, he's... Budgie. Even when he's like 60 years old. Hey, Budgie. Oh, Bartholomew. No, 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 no. No, Budgie. No, Budgie. Yeah. Um, that the, one of my big takeaways. So this song is probably the best lyrics on the record. Yeah, very cool, strange lyrics. Yeah, uh, but that breakdown where they're all kind of moaning the the uh, the oh baby rock and roll oh no oh yeah, yeah. it's like horror film. It is yeah, it's for like sure. really creepy. Oh yeah, I I, I would imagine uh, when they recorded this, Jason was probably fucking terrified. I don't know at what point during these the six day recording session. That they recorded this song, but they're like, "Oh, you have to do the intro." Yeah, step up to the plate. I mean, like he, Cliff Burton is yeah, gone. Yeah, Jason's first recording. He's like, uh, even though it's a cover song, still do 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 do. Like he had to have been fucking terrified from those dudes. I think I think he he might have been. He probably was. But you got to also remember he had a lot of touring under his belt at this point. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and so, but you're right. This the fucking tapes rolling. Big shoes to fill. You know, you're not playing with your fingers. Well. Right, and and they're not on a stage in front of ten thousand people. So right. the tapes rolling. It's just these dudes in a room. Yeah, it was kind of like I I, I bet he was scared, but I bet he, you know knowing how intense he is, I yeah. bet he just stepped up the plate and fucking knocked it out. He probably did. Yeah, I mean because I mean, that was six, him. Well, know? six days told. I mean, uh, what, what was it on Justice? He did all of his bass tracks in like two two days. Two, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was two full. You know, we know like full, a full day can be eight to twelve hours. So that was of course, yeah, two full days. But you know, it's crazy about that, and we've already talked about justice. But when he did that record, it was just him and the engineer. No one else was even there. Isn't that that's isn't a bummer? That, isn't that kind of fucked up? Kind of, hey man, that's fucked up. You think you guys maybe be there when I drag out the bass? What the hell? Just give me a little input. Maybe if you would have done that, maybe right. the bass would have been louder. Guess how many times Crash Course in Brain Surgery has been performed by Metallica? I'm gonna say one. It is one. It is? Did, are you serious? I was guessing, actually. Did you already yeah. know that? No, I didn't look it up because I know you always look that stuff up. I do. So I I choose not to because I think it's fun for our show how to did have you a little... Cor- how did you guess the correct answer? Uh, because in my head, I thought it was zero, and I didn't want to guess zero, so I said, oh, let's do one. They played it one time in 1987. 87. Yeah, in 87, they did this show, I believe it was actually in, in the UK, I think it was in London, where they the encore was this whole EP. Awesome, awesome. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. I'd love to see him do it again. Oh, me too. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, obviously, the, the, you know... Then but you know why they can't do it again? Because Robert doesn't play with a pick. Oh, that's wah, that's wah. why. Uh, wah, Robert. Wah, wah. Um, well, the next track, I mean, obviously, they have done for a long time. Last Caress, oh. Green Hell. I got something to say. I killed your baby today. You know what? Let's go ahead and start the notes with this. You know how many times this song has been played? 
10,473. Well, Last Caress has been played 797 times. So Fucking, yeah, that's awesome. Green Hill only 11, but, and I'm sure 11 of those were... 11, uh, 11 of the 797 were this sort of medley, but... This is the probably the biggest takeaway from this record in terms of what lived with yes. them. I mean, and, and this is also, I mean, obviously one of the most played uh, cover songs by Metallica. This and maybe "Die Die My Darling," right? From Misfits, another Misfits tune, which, yeah. they're, which they're currently well, playing. Well, turn the page and "Whiskey in the Jar" would be up there. But yeah. "Last Caress" is "Whiskey probably, in the Jar" is probably my favorite Misfits song. <laughs> well, I'm talking about their covers. <laughs> I know, I know. It's I know. my favorite Black Sabbath song. <laughs> You know, I think I think Stained fucking killed this when they wrote it, you know. Oh, Aaron Lewis, Aaron premier Lewis songwriter just, of our time. I don't even want to talk about him doing nothing. Dude, when he matters. wrote Iron Man, Ugh. I cried. Oh, I, I cried. When he I wrote that in 2015. I cried out of my eyes and out of my butt. <laughs> that did. Don't laugh, I, I did. Cr- I cried out of my ears. Um, well, they murder this shit. No oh doubt. my gosh, are you kidding? It's, and I love the intro, you hear like the tape hiss and it's like the hi-hat count off and like that, that <laughs> yep. little beep. Yep, and Hetfield's vocal on this. I mean, I got something to fucking say. aggressive as shit. It's so it's, good. It's better than Danzig's. Okay, here's the thing. It makes me sad to say that, but I think it is. I'm a Misfits fan. Yeah, yeah. Not only am I a fan, I'm kind of a client. I'm a member. Well, <laughs> I only am I. Well, no, no joke. I've done, um, I think, two or three um, Misfits cover nights in Nashville. Oh, okay. On Halloween. Of course. I guess my to. invitation to those got lost on the fucking uh, mail. The last one we did was right before I met you. Okay. So. It, uh, I forgive you. So fuck off. <laughs> oh. I love you. I'm sorry. Um, no, so I, I, I love the Misfits. I love. Actually, I mean, of all the projects Danzig has done. Is that why you dress like Doyle every day? I've never put, yes. put two and two together yes. while, you're, while you're shirtless and, 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 and muscular and, and buff and, 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 and with the white face paint. Exactly. You finally get it, Clint. Jeez. Um. No, I mean, I, I think of all the projects that, that Danzig has done, it, it is my favorite. I love the band Danzig. I like a lot I of too. Sam Hain stuff. But the Misfits, I mean, being like a punk rock guy, I mean, they were a punk rock band. They got kind of dubbed as horror punk because of very dark lyrics and things like that. But that's my favorite era of Danzig is the Misfits shit. Yeah, and he did, what, two re- two or three records? It wasn't a lot a couple, of records. They did a couple records in EP, and yeah, I mean, but that is, that is the classic Misfits. Like, right. Um, Jerry only has carried that on for a long time and until God, a year and a half ago, maybe, um, at riot fest, they did a reunion, they did a reunion with everybody, but the original drummer and they played the record that, that, uh, last caress is from right after earth AD or what was the record they played Uh, earth AD. Well, uh, they played that in its entirety and you know, it was on drums. Who? Fucking Dave Lombardo from no Slayer. No way. Yeah. Really? A lot of a lot of old school Misfits fans wanted uh, this guy named Robo to be on drums, and he didn't do it. Um, I but actually got that wrong. Dave fucking Lombardo. They didn't. What's that? So Last Caress is on the Beware EP. They didn't play that. Green Hell is on the After Earth thing. Yeah, Earth AD. Earth AD. They played that in its entirety at that show you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, they played a bunch of other stuff too. Right, like, but the, but include, they played right. the hits. All the hits, all the all, all the their all their hits. two hits that Metallica made for them, yeah, but, um, or three, two or three, yeah. Die, die, my darling. Yeah. Here, here's something that is uh, interesting to talk about. How many bands have made a shitload of money because Metallica covered them? Clearly, Diamond Head. Well, I think I think they did. You know, from from the mid '80s to the late '90s, they did. But well, I, I mean, tell you what, if they've been living off that. 
that shit dried up real quick. You have, I mean, but but if if you're like, let's say you're the guy that wrote "Am I Evil," right? You're in Diamond Sean Harris. Head. You wrote it, and Brian Tyler, right? And it was originally on one of the versions of Kill 'Em All, and then it was on the B side of uh, uh, Creep and Death. Of Creep. Then it was on Garage Days, re revisited. Then on Garage Inc. Well, Am I Evil wasn't on garages re revisited but 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 then it helpless was helpless was but yeah helpless was so, so you, you got, got money, you got money there yeah you got all those cuts and then both of those fuckers and um fucking uh the, prin- the prince the prince yeah was on garage inc yeah Th- those i mean i mean it's no joke it, it that's probably was millions and millions of dollars well i mean this ep went platinum right so it's mind-boggling to me that like this guy, like, like Glenn Danzig probably doesn't need the money, but like oh, Metallica oh, I bet has, you he does. I bet he does. He buys a lot of cat litter. <laughs> he does. Have you not seen that photo of him? No. Like leaving a, a market and he's got like two bag, grocery bags full oh of cat my litter. God. It's awesome. Um, well, in the making of the, of Garage Inc., there's a great making of like 40 minute documentary. I'm sure you've, have you seen it? It's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's them in the studio with our, our homie, Bobby Rock. Oh, yeah. Bobby R. Because, by the way, the the first disc of Garage Inc. is basically, a it's them doing covers, it's, but it's, it's... It's new recordings. But it's that new, it's that 90s Metallica. Yeah. So, I highly oh, that, recommend that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, disc two is all the stuff that was previously released. Disc two is like, is the revisited EP plus B-sides and shit. Yeah. But disc one, and so anyway, there's a documentary about it, and James even says, he's like, and he's talking about it in financial terms. He's like, this was our way of kind of... Not only paying tribute, paying homage or whatever, but yeah. also like trying to help these bands that never had the success we had. Can you imagine being in that position? Like, man, I'm a really big fan of this tiny band from the UK that no one's ever heard of. Let's cover the song and give them like 800 grand. I can't grand. imagine. I'm waiting for them to cover the, the song Clint Wells. <laughs> By Clint Wells. By Clint Wells. Yeah. I'm going to write a song called Ethan Lux soon. You know, a lot of fans on the forum, maybe not a lot, maybe a subset, but a, but a vocal subset. Have said that they uh, they want Metallica to do another record like this. I, I I agree. I don't know. What if it? I mean, they're, they're at a point now where it's like, all right. What what if in twenty nineteen you get? What if in twenty nineteen you get nothing, but in twenty twenty you get a new full length Metallica record? But and then the alternative is in twenty nineteen you get a five song re revisited esque EP. Okay, but then you don't get another full length for two or three more years. I'd rather get more original songs. Well, oh, sure. I'm sure everybody would. I feel like it'd be fair if you can go in the past and between Death Magnetic and Hardwired, if mm-hmm. that four year of the eight year mark. There was an EP of there covers. There was an EP of yeah, covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. I Something agree. to just tie us over a little bit. Right. Because like, it was a long fucking wait, as we talked about in this record. Oh, and imagine just sitting there in all the small hours, helpless. Oh my gosh, helpless. I mean, there was a point where I thought, God, I'm just in a green hell. Oh, I know. Well, I th- we know. whenever I saw a little update, I was like, well, I guess this is just the last caress. I don't think we're ever going to hear anything from these guys. Yeah. It's like I'm taking a crash course in Prince. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to fit it in. The dad jokes abound. Oh, the hell it did. The hell it did, bro. Well... I got one more thing to add to this. Okay. Before our little outro. Speaking of outros, there is an outro on this. Yeah, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan. 
Where they're kind of playing sort of dissonant, clunky. Do you know what it is? No, what is that? It's Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden. Oh, I did not know that. And they're playing it out of tune, I think, on oh, okay. purpose. It's out of tune. Yeah, it doesn't sound Very like Very out of tune. It, oh, I didn't know that was Run to the it, Hills. Yeah, it's Run to the Hills. Have it, they ever properly covered Maiden? They've never done it, have they? Which is surprising. Isn't that weird? They talk about, well, they talk about a lot of bands that they never covered. Judas Priest. Yeah, they, have they never covered Priest? Not the, I mean, maybe live a little bit. I mean, they, they I mean, think about like they uh, worship those guys and Rob Halford and like, you know, it's surprising they haven't covered them, but they've only done the two Sabbath tunes, which they did another kind of, it's similar to last caress and green Hill. They, they mashed up. Uh, they've done a Ramon song. I mean, they, yeah. Um, but this outro, I, I remember back then it made me laugh cause I was into maiden at the time. Yeah. And it's super out of tune. I wonder if they were just, it might've just been a total, like, Oh, we're just going to goof around and just like do this thing. Oh, that's yeah. That's what it sounds like. Or, uh, I wonder if if at one point they actually tried to cover it, and then maybe they thought, uh, "God, Bruce Dickinson sings really high. We can't do that." Yeah, run for your life. Exactly. Like, do we want to do that? But you know, I feel like if they had covered Maiden, they they wouldn't cover like that's like Maiden's most popular song. I right? feel like if they were going to cover Maiden, they would probably do something like off the first. Because most of their covers are like first record, like pre Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. Holy With shit! With old Paul, crazy. Yeah. Paul Moke. Paul? 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 Is Paul here? Paul Giamatti? <laughs> Paul Giamatti. <laughs> WNBC. Wasn't he in Iron Maiden? Oh, he was in Iron Maiden for like 36 years. Like, I, would, I wouldn't mind hearing uh, Metallica covering Running Free. Yeah. I'm running free. Or Heffield. Oh, I can't do it. Do it. Oh, I'm nervous now. <sighs> I'm running free. <laughs> free. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not, it's one of their bigger hits. And when I saw them, they actually ended it with it. But, uh. I wouldn't mind seeing Metallica cover Wasted Years. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Wasted Years would be good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of my favorites, uh, The Trooper, The Clairvoyant. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fear of the Dark. Yeah. That's some high vocals, though. It's a long you one, You can't right? fuck with Bruce, man. No, he's... And he sounds as good as ever. Oh, yeah. I just saw him this year. Saw yeah. him two months, fucking months ago, and he fucking killed it. The whole band was great. Oh, yeah. All three guitar players. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Um, but yeah, anyways, all, um, all that to say, I thought, you know, that was a, f- a funny little outro to the EP. Yeah. You know, them kind of paying homage, but. Well, maybe- that's why, that's why I was saying, like, I liked when James said in learning, it's like, don't take it too seriously. We didn't. You're right. They, they, they take these songs seriously. They do. But the recording to me sounds like a band in between two massive projects. That recorded in six that days. That were very serious. I mean, does it get more serious than the record Injustice for All? Or Master of Puppets right before this. Those records are fucking serious. The, serious the, I mean, Master of Puppets and, and Justice for All are the bread of this. And they and they sort of betray how how um how funny the band is and how yeah how kind of goofy they could be yeah and that's why this ep i know a lot of our listeners especially our more og type listeners uh this is a really big record for them yeah i mean some of some of our when we tweeted on instagram that we were going to be doing this a lot of people said can't wait for this can't wait for this one the best ep ever this represents a, a lot of fun energy for a lot of yeah of a lot of fans us included i mean in my personal life i would say it might be my favorite ep ever Favorite EP ever. Well, I mean, it's the first one that I ever... I mean, this is what taught me what an EP what is. What about Ricky Martin, Live in La Vida Loca, which included the Live in La Vida Loca remix, the Live in La Vida Loca dub mix, the Live in La Vida Loca uh, Brian Eno surfing... With in, the alien in mix. space mix. <laughs> what about... The, it's better than that to you? God, that one's pretty good. I mean, uh, the J-Lo EP, though, 
Oh, Jenny. Oh, Jenny from the from the block. It was the Jenny from the block remix. Oh, for sure, the yeah. Orbit remix. Yeah, there's that one. There's the Trujillo bass remix. Oh my god, for it's, sure. Uh, finger finger style only. Finger style only bass. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there was. <laughs> it's also the yeah. The um. What else was on it? It was the Newstead um uh Chop House the Chop House mix. mix. Yeah, yeah, the Chop House mix was Jenny great. from the block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason from the block. It was called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> right on in, that note right in the metal group podcast show if you want to talk about the ep we might read it on the show uh you can follow us on instagram twitter twitter face crap all, all the bullshit yeah. i'm not on facebook so you'll have to just interact with old ethan luck on yeah there. it's me what's funny is whenever uh, not every time but sometimes i'll respond and like and specifically say ethan at the end of it as if you're on there yeah so I need to stop doing that. If you're on Facebook and, and you're and you're uh, writing in, it's just me responding. So, well, and here's the deal too. This iTunes contest is no joke. We're giving away this box set uh, at the end of November. The Master Master Puppet Deluxe box set. All you got to do is leave us a positive review. And the thing about leaving that review is you're eligible for every iTunes contest we do henceforth ever. And ever. we're going to be think about this. We're going to be doing a contest every month next year. Yes. Where there are multiple winners, not just one winner. Right. Yeah. We're going to have like a big prize, like the deluxe box set. Then we're going to have things like these t-shirts. We're both staring at these t-shirts and a hat right now. We haven't even talked about the hat. We'll talk about that later. But that our friend Tiffany gave us, we're going to, we have a hat that was given to us by a member of the crew of Metallica. Yeah. We, we have, we have all sorts of cool shit. We're going to give away next year. So anyway, so go leave that review and get on board with us. Help us out. Give, yeah. you know, that's just a way to give back. Ethan and I have devoted hours and hours and hours to this. And we're so grateful you all listen. Uh, the other thing you can check out is a Patreon. You yes. can get that EP. You can get the unnamed feeling. You can get a shout out on the show. Yeah. Patreon.com slash podcast. Oh, let's talk about what we're doing in November. So we're going to do, we're going to revisit Hardwired because it's been, a, November marks the year anniversary since yeah, it came out. Yeah, we're going to revisit that. We're going to... Oh, we're having our friend Paul Moak back on the show. Paul Moak is coming back. Paul! 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 Is he, are you here yet? Um, Paul Moak's coming back because we're going to do an episode on our good buddy, Mr. Fiddleman. Greg Fiddleman. Yeah. If you don't know, he produced Hardwired to Self-Destruct. He engineered and basically produced Death Magnetic yeah. with the absent Rick Rubin. And uh, has a huge hand in all their live recordings now and everything you he's see a online. Big, he's a big part of the current our current, you know era of metallica yeah, he's actually on uh, he's on an episode of uh lars's show it's electric oh cool i yeah. heard it uh so that's coming up in november and also what i'm most looking forward to some, some kind, kind of monster, of monster. Yeah. yeah ethan and i will sit down and watch some kind of monster and we will talk about it on the show yeah it's gonna be awesome so thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who listen every week we know your time's valuable we know your lives are busy and crazy just like mine and ethan's yeah, are of course yeah and uh, as long as you guys keep listening, we're going to keep talking about Metallica. Yeah. Well, even if you stop listening, we'll probably still, we'll probably keep talking about Metallica, well, but we probably say, won't record it. I didn't want to say it out loud, but that's for that's for sure. Well, I mean, if I, I say if people stop listening, we'll still talk about it. I just won't hit record. Well, the cool thing is that the show grows every week. We Every week outperforms the week before it almost. It is crazy, and, yeah. Uh, we're coming up on we're, we're coming up on twenty thousand downloads a month. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. If you follow us on social media, you you recently saw that we hit seventy five thousand downloads. We're already at ninety. Yeah, we're gonna hit a hundred soon. It's mind boggling. We, we, this we're less than a year old. This is uh, yeah, it's cool. So we don't can, we, we we can't thank anybody but you guys for do, for helping us get there. Yeah. So don't leave the episode without knowing how grateful we are that you all listen. So go check out all the shit we talked about. Be a bigger part of this machine that we're developing. Yeah. Get on the ride with us. 
It's not stopping anytime soon. And with that, let's just say peace. Adios. If you were our advisor, what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs> <laughs>